Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Bingo Bling. Today, man, we have a special guest at Tim Runs His Mouth. I know you follow him. I know you've seen him. What's up, Tim? How you doing, bro? I'm all right. I'm 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 alive now. I just uh I think I lost 12 pounds. I had salmonella for two weeks. It was a good time. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. What'd you eat? Uh so I went over to my friend's house for uh dinner. They were they were like I was leaving town in DC. And my buddy's like, uh, his wife made these sides and it was like collard greens and uh, uh, black eyed peas. And in the middle of me, like scooping them on my plate, I, I don't like to pretend that I'm really nice, but I'm scooping them on my plate. And she goes, yeah, these were frozen from uh, New Year's. And we just decided to reheat them today. This, dude, this was like two weeks ago. So I hope they enjoyed saving the $3 that they saved so that they could ruin the rain. I had to fly to Florida after that. I was literally just shacked up in a room with a toilet. For, oh, uh, man. for a week afterwards so like yeah that that was uh that was really great and i, I want to thank my friends and from now on i'm i'm ordering them like a five pound bag of uh, black eyed peas from now on i'm just gonna send it to them every other month hey man it's biden's america bro you have to like you can't have fresh collard greens bro you got to see what <laughs> what other collard greens you already have <laughs> <laughs> you know they're getting priced out right now no it's true i mean dude hey i don't know i mean you travel all the time you fly in southwest airlines yeah, uh-huh. That's where I get my points and all that, yep. I switched to American recently. I just used my last Southwest to go to D.C., actually, like, the two weeks ago. And, man, they're all grounded this morning when we record this. Like, I, that's scary, dude. Like, I think we're under attack from another country. Not to go total uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. conspiracy theorists, but this has never happened before. And this is, what, two or three times that all of Southwest has been grounded? So Southwest was grounded today? Yeah. Every give- Every flight. Did they give a reason? Was it that software glitch thing again? Or? Yeah, they said software glitch. You know what software glitch means? It means they were hacked. You know, it's crazy, man. I have an old clip of me just like be funny, trying to like let people know like, hey, you're going to start seeing some stuff and it's unrestricted warfare, you know, and uh, hopefully uh, people start catching on. <laughs> uh train derailments with toxic chemicals i mean we've had train derailments are common but not like ones full of toxic chemicals and then all the food plants getting burned up i mean you're like okay at some point they have to admit that we're in like world war three this is like a soft war that we're in right now well we actually have boots on the ground out there (laughs) oh yeah which we wouldn't have known about had it not been for a a leak exactly and isn't it interesting how like I just trip out on how, like, when are the normies going to start kind of, like, you know, trying to reframe things for themselves instead of, like, oh, yeah, I was told that this is a, uh, like, national security thing and this kid, you know. They aren't. I don't think they are. I mean, so I I just posted the video on Instagram today. Three years ago today was when uh, California filled in all the skate parks in Venice Beach with sand so people couldn't get outside and get exercise. And you take a look at that and like people just went along with it, right? I mean, there were there were smart people who like dug it out, but people went along with being locked down. And I mean, many, many people went along with being locked down. You still go to the grocery store today, people are still wearing masks. So like, when will normies wake up? I mean, maybe there's a couple, 
but it, it's not looking good. This is like, man, we got serious real quick here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey, dude, I, I've only got you for 30 minutes. Um, uh, shout out to our sponsors, man. I'll just take this moment. Uh, you know, the, the companies that believe in what we do and they back us up and they're not they don't these companies aren't trying to be activists with an agenda trying to censor and police everything we say all the opinions said on here are all tims yeah, yeah no it's true <laughs> no no they're yeah i'm just giving a disclaimer by myself <laughs> but a uh, shout out to pie tequila man they're sponsoring all my stand-up dates in texas nice. hey brother so you doing any stand-up i am or? so get this uh, and, and I had asked you for some spots and then I got busy cause I wanted to come and like hang out with you actually. And, and just kind of do some free stuff. But like, uh, I am taping a special on Saturday in Garland. It's totally packed. Uh, we got about a hundred people coming out for this, this theater that we have, um, kind of a private theater. Cause I don't want to be attacked just yet. Yeah. Uh, which is really fun. Cause I get death threats like every other day. Um, crazy how opinions do that. Yeah, right. But I'm doing uh, I'm doing that and I am uh I had I have the deal I'm going to be Rumble's third comedy special uh All ever. Right. So they had uh Russell Brand, Jim Brewer and then they've lowered themselves to the the budget's run out and they got Tim Young as their third special on May 13th it debuts. May 13th on Rumble exclusively on Rumble. Yep. Tim Young, what is the name of that special, bro? Tim runs his mouth. See, I didn't I didn't branch far from the brand. I was like and and that's the uh I have a new fiance we got engaged 6 months ago and uh this is the studio that we actually built together here in our office. You can see all the notes behind me for actually the comedy show. But um, and she was like, dude, just call your shit like Tim runs his mouth. That's the name of our podcast. Tim runs. His mouth. She's like, you've got the branding there already. So just do it. I'm like, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. I found this studio, man. I got to tell you, like as a comic, and I'm sure there are comics that listen to your podcast. I got this studio and I'll tell you about it later offline. But uh, these guys cleaned out. They own a public storage facility and they wiped out like 20 uh storage lockers for themselves and they made a pro recording studio a pro uh theater and a photo studio and the theater has seven 4k cameras in it and pro audio so like i'm like what and it seats like 110 and i'm like can i rent this from you and they're like yeah you can have it that's wow. like a dream this is like a like a for what you would do for like a comedy special like this would probably cost me like twenty thousand dollars normally and it is not anywhere even near a thousand so so it's uh they have photography, mm -hmm. uh, studios, offices. Um, what else did you mention? It's so they have a theater, they have recording studio, and then they have uh, a photo studio. And when you walk, when you go to this place, right? Because you probably know Garland. I don't know if you've been up in the area. Not the best. Uh, and you go to this public storage facility, and it looks shady as shit. In fact, I have to send an extra email to all the people, all the attendees, because I'm gonna be like, guys, it looks shady, but just walk in, <laughs> follow the lights. And you walk in, it's like Shangri-La for recording. It's amazing. Damn, that, that does sound like the dream, man. It's like all under one roof, like some Rob Deerdick stand-up type it, it, stuff. Dude, it's, it is like Fantasy Factory up in there. Like, you, you like, walk in, it, it's... Uh, I, as soon as I saw the place, I'm like, how much? And they're like, oh, we like your stuff, so we'll give you a deal. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, how's, the, uh, how's the satellite radio gig going? It's going. Do they... <laughs> I don't know if we ever discussed this. You probably get a show there before me. They told me the vice president of that company. I don't care anymore. Uh, they don't pay me enough. Um, they told me I don't. So I'm their top fill in, right? Like, so I'm in like 10, 15 times a month. Um, they told me I would, even though the numbers go up, I will never have a show there because I'm not a minority of any kind. What? Yeah. And, and it's cool. Wish I had uh, that in writing. Wish I had that, that in writing. 
That is so cr- So they have nothing but minorities that are- where do I apply? <laughs> I'm serious. I'm dead serious, dude. If I was, if I had any kind of anything and, and it's just like, you hey know, man, tell, tell them you get, tell them you one sixteenth native American, bro. <laughs> when one of my friends was like, you should say you're gay, dude. And like, yeah, except for like all the branding for their shows, when they get like a show, they like say all the demographics constantly. It'd be like rainbow time with him. It'd be like, welcome to politics yeah. with Tim and rainbow. And I'd be like, you gotta be kidding me. Like that's literally they, gather around boys and girls. <laughs> gather around. It's time for a story. But no, that, literally, my friends were like, "You didn't think to say you were like gay," and I was like, "No." You're like, ah, rats. I know. I know who I'm dealing with here, and I know exactly what it would look like. You could have took your fiance and be like, "This is my bestie. She's my beard." <laughs> <laughs> that's a great one, man. Well, damn, dude, that that kind of sucks. Uh, but that they- sucks. Well, no, thanks, I, I think, you know, it's so weird because you know this too, right? Like with your audience and your touring and stuff, at some point you outgrow things. And mm-hmm. what they have to offer there isn't, it's not up to where I am. I mean, like my social media alone, and, and again, it's a whole different world, right? Terrestrial radio, all this stuff, digital radio, uh, your digital assets far surpass. Like you could tweet fart or you could like, you know, just literally make a fart noise on your Instagram and be heard and seen by more people than than watch and listen to most shows. And mm-hmm. and so like it's a whole different world out there. And you have to realize like because you and I are from the generation where that was still very very valuable and like the TV, you know, you got to have a TV mm-hmm. deal and I've had a TV deal and radio and all that stuff. Um how valuable that was. It's not anymore. Because mm-hmm. you can do your own thing, you know this, and and be much more successful and and have your own be your own boss where you don't have to answer anybody and you can say awful stuff and not get called into an office man you can't put a price on that kind of freedom like the flexibility to be able to call your own shots and kind of like own the intellectual property and just like really build something up uh so dude i was looking for your podcast and i just typed in your name but an old podcast of your uh, <laughs> which one came no, up no things no things considered. Yeah, no considered so here's the thing i um i did pretty well with that actually so i was at uh i did i was at i had deals with the washington examiner and the daily caller with that and at the daily caller i was seen by 26 million people in a couple of weeks and uh very very similar again not to be like super serious here but like they weren't paying, man. They they gave me like a trial run, right? And they were like a hundred dollars a show. And I'm putting together a 30 minute comedy show a day. And I was doing a um very similar to like Tosh Point Out. I had like they gave me two interns and a uh, hundred dollars an episode. And like I'm living in DC at that point. I'm like, I'll take a swing at it. I had to have extra jobs. And I'm knocking it out of the park. Our clips are getting seven hundred thousand views by the time I'm about to wrap up there. And I show up and I go, hey, let's do a rev share on this. You know, like, I don't need any money from you. Just And I already passed it past their sales team. I was like, let's go 50-50 rev share on ads, right? And they were like, no. And then they offered me $35,000 a year to stay and be like, this, and have this podcast for them that's getting, you know, again, 700,000 views uh, uh, for a clip, let alone the live show. We were setting, it was back when Facebook Live was really starting to take off. And we were setting all the records for Facebook Live for for the the plat for for the organization, and uh, and they didn't do it. I mean, a lot of this stuff, man. I've made, and I'm, I'm sure you've done this too. Again, that's why I respect you. You got a hell of a business going. But like, um, yeah, this is real inside baseball here. But like, no, they, dude, they love to hear me like bitch about the IRS and like me, getting, <laughs> me being in the middle of a lawsuit. Like, they get all the behind the scenes. 
but there's just like again, and I saw this coming with digital assets. I I, I was the the largest as far as digital assets at the time, uh, person in the building, and I wasn't asking for money. I was asking for a rev share. I was like, let's go get ads. Let's not cost you guys any more than you know what you're bringing in, and we can probably pull a ridiculous amount of money. And it's respecting yourself at the end of the day, of the day as a performer. It's why I haven't done stand up as much, and I'm finally taping this special is because, man, I, so like. Two years ago, this will this will drive you crazy. Two years ago, I was supposed to headline a tour with somebody who's pretty known, uh, kind of a mid level chick in in the industry, and her her uh, boyfriend slash husband, whatever he is now, is the agent. And he had booked a twelve city tour. My name is starting to go on venues, like in Florida. It's on like three four venues. Headline: Tim Young's going to be here. And I go, okay, cool. I'm about to book all my travel. It's going to cost me like four grand. And I go, can I get the can I get the paperwork on this? Can I get the contract on this so I know like I'm getting something? And he responds to me, and this is me, like, at the time, multiple contracts, you know, TV, whatever. He goes, you're not in a position to get a contract. I'm like, no, 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 no. And so I had a 12-city tour. This dude who was booking the tour wasn't guaranteeing me any kind of, like, numbers or anything. And again, it could be a percentage. I don't need money up front. I just need some sort of guarantee that I'm going to get paid. Because you know, coming up in comedy, you go to a place, and just in business in general, if you're dealing with you spending money or you putting effort in and, and you're going to be like, you need to get something out of it. So I could show up to this and the guy could be like, oh, sorry, we broke even. You're not making any money on today's show. Like, who knows? Who knows? And so I had a 12 city tour that was booked and I canceled the whole thing. I had to get my lawyer involved. I was like, get his name off everything. If you can't give him a contract, he's not showing up to a thing. So there's a lot of things yeah. where he's like, my client ain't telling that one joke to that paper is in his hand. Yeah, not not getting on a plane, not doing anything. And and so like it's such a weird, you know, because I've I've had a lot of opportunities with organizations and I've worked with a lot of great organizations, but it's not the right fit because they're trying they they're used to ripping off kids and they're used to ripping off young comics. And I'd rather take my ball and go home than work for somebody for free or make somebody else a ton of money. Uh I see uh Steven Crowder. I don't know if this is kind of like apples and oranges, but um he kind of started airing out some grievances of like, mm -hmm. look at how, like, basically he was just showing like, this thing is a business and look how they take advantage. And, you know, they will, if you let them. And it seriously reminded me of the music business. I was just like, wow, it's the same thing. It like, is. Mm -hmm. No, you think these, you think because it's conservative that people are trying to do good. No, it's all business. They're all just turning, they're turning profit. Right. I mean, take a look at like, Again, I don't have any problems with the Daily Wire's business, right? But like they have that one chick now, like Brett Cooper, like the young chick that does the podcast that they put all their their resources behind and it's to have turned into a thing. God bless her. God bless them. You know, they're making their money. But it's totally performative, right? They they like studied what a college looking podcast should look like, what the room should look like, what her behavior she's directed, she's written for. Like, and it's turned it's turning a profit. They're not, they're not like moving the needle politically. They're preaching to the choir and it's just entertainment. And yeah. I think that's the one thing that like Crowder exposed. Crowder has a hell of a business, man. Mm -hmm. um, and and like God bless him for being like again like first mover on YouTube. And he exposed something, but I think like he kind of went about it wrong. And like it was pretty obviously a play to to start his own thing. Mm -hmm. and so it backfired. But it was like in that instance, it was like everybody's wrong, but everybody's right. And it was interesting to see the CEO of the Daily Wire come out and like do a <laughs> like do a breakdown of the contract. And I'm like I'm I'm watching this and I'm like. 
you guys, this, these are millionaires are arguing over $50 million right now. And I'm watching, you know, people who go do construction for a living, uh, arguing over who's right of the two millionaires arguing over, you know, a, a speaking gig for $50 million. I'm like, guys, we got bigger fish to fry in America right now than dealing with these contracts. So like, ultimately, like for you and I, it's fun to see because we're like, oh, these two, let's, you know, let's see like what this what was in this contract. Um, and how much money's out there. But like, like normal, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Oh, normal people. This is what happens when you have a, a radio host on your, on your show. Good. No, I'm listening. Nonstop. Um, but, but like normal people looking at this, I'm like, guys, like go have your family, you know, screw both these guys. <laughs> like go live your life. You, don't worry about this. Just be entertained and go home and, and don't necessarily spend your money anywhere. Yeah. Like when uh, some of my, I guess when some people call me like, oh, Chino is just a grifter and he's just he's jumping on this politics stuff for attention and someone's paying him and all this, you know, and they probably hear these two millionaires arguing about 50 million, you know, and people get to thinking like there's so much money in politics, you know, commentating <laughs> and stuff. And I'm just like, where? Because I've lost, dude, some like management at comedy clubs want to be activists and have an agenda and then play economic warfare with me. <laughs> and they, hey man I'm, f- I'm from the rap game bro you know it's different it's a different set of rules bro but uh um, i'll tell you this for like all the all the grifter stuff and all the money stuff because i get that too obviously um and i always i always say like i i, I haven't asked for money from people because i think that's kind of grifty ish i mean because i'm not putting out a product yet that i think is worth money other than like hats and shirts and stuff like that and you give a tangible thing you put on a performance that's not a grift at all you're, you're giving that's a hell of a hard job um, but I was offered at one point, I was soft off offered from a Russia today, the RT network. They offered me, um, through a, through another American. They were like, you know, we can probably get you a half million to do a show here. And I'm like, that's a mistake. I feel like working for the Russian Federation for a half million years. <laughs> no, thanks. They, they, people be like, you know, Tim's a grifter. He's a Russian asset. You're holding a stack of money. Like what? How? I can't even hear. Rubles. So many rubles from the oligarchs. They, dude, at one point, actually, um, and this is the the weird thing. And I, I of course, talked to all my security people about it. Because, like, it's so weird to be in politics and be like a, and I hate the term influencer, right? But, like, I actually, like, most, there's a pile of congressmen and senators that follow me. And they, they like, I've get, I get calls for meetings and stuff. It's wild. Um, cause I just think I'm a normal person, even though I have a law degree and almost got my doctorate in public policy at one point. Um, and I've worked in policy, but early on, like 2016, I was invited to speak at a quote unquote free speech conference, uh, held by the Russian Federation in Moscow. And, uh, <laughs> I took it to my security people and, and, and like, it was torn, right? One, one guy was like, yes, they're going to honeypot you. Like, we'll give you like phones to take and stuff and let, let them like hack you and see what you get. And my other friend was like, absolutely fucking not. They're going to like, it was like the same thing. They're like, they're going to try to hold something over your head. And like, you know, and I'm like, okay. So I just didn't know. But there's going to be a P tape. (laughs) Yeah. There's going to be a laptop. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's just like at this point, I don't care anymore. I should have done it. You know, now that like things are like went to shit in in this country, I'm like, yeah, I should have just gone and, and, and done a Russian Federation free. Who, Who attends the free speech conference in Russia to see Tim Young? Honey pots. Yeah. We want citizens to be able to express themselves. And- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That place. Didn't they just, they just locked a guy in jail for like 25 years for speaking out against Putin. Wow. Yeah. Well, they gave, uh, here in America, they gave homeboy 10 years for a meme, right? Oh, yeah. 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 I forgot about that. The, uh, 
uh, text whatever to Hillary to vote. Like it was yeah. like a, it was literally a, a stupid meme. That that's dude. We're in a scary place. I'll end up in a gulag. It's fine. Oh, dude, I, I've read. I didn't finish any of those books, but like the the gulag art. How you say that? Archipelago. Yeah. Uh, they roast me on the Patreon all the time because that's a hard word. But um, I always joke like I've read I've read too many chapters of those books of like you know, Stalin and find me the man and I'll, I'll find you the crime, like uh, show trials. You know what I mean? So so let me ask you this, dude. Um, you're from Texas. What took you to D.C.? No, actually, I'm from Baltimore. Oh, you're from Baltimore. From, yeah, I grew up in Baltimore, man. I grew up in the hood in Baltimore. I was like, I'm literally and I do a whole bit on this. But like, for real, I was a white kid from the hood. Dude, um, we uh, we have a white kid from Baltimore on our Patreon Uh on the RPT, he's a member of the TIA, the Tamal Intelligence Agency. Stand back, stand by. That's the T, the TIA. And yeah, shout out to Stevie Capone, Stevie Capone, the white boy from the white boy from Baltimore. He's in there on the Discord, uh, talking shit to all the Mexicans. I need to know what part of Baltimore he's from before he like. Yeah, so before he gets to a street cred. Yeah. Yeah, because like I was so not only did I, so I, I grew up in Baltimore. I went to law school there, and I was trained as a public defender in Baltimore City. So like when people talk about crime and like they talk about like dirty cops and stuff like that, man. Like I know all about it. Like when yeah, I'm like the one Republican who like when an unarmed black guy gets shot, I'm like, Oh, it's the cop. And like, I automatically like I'm the, you know, and people are like, probably like you're a libtard out there. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No one shows up and she's like, let's see this black guy's rep sheet. And I show yeah, up and I'm like, yeah, yeah. cop's dirty, man. You grew up in Baltimore, like for like five minutes and pay attention. You're like, cops are the worst. Oh, I mean, I'm wow. again, not like all cops, just Baltimore, Chicago. And then uh, what do you think about Chicago hiring that, I guess, electing, air quotes, the uh, the super left of Lori Lightfoot mayor? Dude, they had that, um, all, they've had all that young, like, mob violence. And he was like, just let them demonstrate. Like, he literally said, that was another one that came out, like, this morning. Like, Chicago, so it's weird. So the fiance is a little bit younger than me. She's in her 20s. And, like, there's a couple of towns she hasn't been to. And, like, you've traveled everywhere. I've traveled everywhere. There's towns I never want to go to again. And Chicago is one of those towns. And the thing is, I might have to go to Chicago. Chicago has a bunch of production that comes out of there um, with news stuff. They have a great news net network there called News Nation that's taken off. And I've done that a bunch. But um, I, I, if I, when I go into Chicago, I go, I do work, I leave. Like, I, I do not go out or do anything anymore. I used to walk across cities. One time, I remember in like the mid 2000s, like the double zeros, I guess. Uh, I walked straight across Philadelphia at night and people were like, you're crazy. I'm like, nah, people are probably more afraid of a white guy walking across the hood at night than anything else. But, uh, cause I look like a psychopath at that point, but <laughs> I wouldn't go to any of these. Like, I don't want to be in Philadelphia anymore unless I just drop in during the day to like, go to like, you know, like constitution hall or whatever and get out of there. Chicago, like go and get out for work. I have no desire to go to New York anymore. Oh, yeah. Um, Baltimore is a shithole uh, apparently Washington per capita is the, the murder capital of the country um and uh we just went there very very briefly um i, I just there's no, i have no desire to go to these towns anymore and they should be amazing towns. san francisco is another one why would you go to san francisco you got a, a millionaire tech uh tech giant what was it the guy that uh created uh cash, cash app, app was yeah. stabbed yeah if he can be stabbed if whole foods is leave if whole foods leaves san francisco it's not a good place anymore yeah and that's what's happening. You said, what is it? Walmart left Seattle now because it's so bad. The crime is so bad there and they do nothing about it. I, I, I think they're, I think they're shutting. I think Walmart is shutting down some Chicago stores as well. Yeah, of course. You know, Walmart for the longest time prided itself in not shutting down stores. 
And and you're in places now that these these places suck so bad and are so violent that they're getting shut down everywhere. It's crazy. In in LA, I saw some footage of um, a whole bunch of little Mexican kids. We call them Edgars because they got that haircut, the funky little fluffy weird edge up, and um, like uh, it looked like a hundred of them. They just bombarded, broke the windows of a gas station convenience store. They took all the hot Cheetos, all the Takis, like a whole bunch of processed foods, condoms and weird shit. And, um, and what they don't realize now that I guess maybe because I'm 43 and I pay attention to this stuff, but I was thinking to myself like, okay, they did this in their own neighborhood. They did it in Compton. And it's like, y- you don't understand that you're about to make y'all situation worse because, uh-huh. because crime causes poverty. Less companies are going to want to invest and go recruit and hire and post up and develop and regenerate. And it's like, less businesses want to set up a brick and mortar that would have provided jobs to someone in your community. So it's like the irony. <laughs> well, yeah, dude. I mean, look at like black lives matter, right? How much money have they made off of riots and not given a penny to uh, black communities to help improve things? I was in the middle, you know, I don't know if you knew this or not, but I traveled during COVID. I was, uh, I went to 35 States and 80 cities when everything was shut down. And I ended up in the middle of the George Floyd riots by accident. I just had, I'd gotten off a train literally that morning when the riots started. And number one, very interesting to see in the black communities, the people who were causing the problems were white agitators, like Antifa white agitators. It wasn't black people. Uh, black people were protesting. That's cool. White people were like causing the violence and stuff. It was it was like kids that come in, you know, they these like uh, anarchist losers that come in and just want to cause problems. And they're probably paid by somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but all those black owned businesses that were destroyed in, in Minneapolis and in, in like the hood in Minneapolis and St. Paul and not a dime of Black Lives Matter money went to fix it. Uh, of course, you didn't hear that from the media. Mm-hmm. The media didn't didn't promote that. You also didn't see, dude, during the day, like I had a moment during the day because, and I went back through there, there were folks like the people who live there cleaning up the mess, coming together, the community coming together and cleaning up the the what the rioters destroyed, right? Like actually taking care of their community. Again, like it's like, it's painful like when you said, like these people destroy their own communities. In this instance, it wasn't these people. They were trying to keep their community clean, you know, and have like peaceful protests. But these outside agitators caused a lot of problems. And and again, like it, this is another like point of contention where like nobody's getting helped by this, right? Because um, the left doesn't recognize it. The media doesn't recognize it. And then people on the right are too busy screaming about clickbait points, um, talking points, and, and not realizing what's going on and not being honest about what's happening. And, and it's just like, Every everybody's wrong and everybody's busy cashing in on the extremes and nobody's in the middle, like empowering people and making people, you know, realize what's actually happening. That's an interesting point uh, about the extremes, because someone like myself uh, or someone else that might be like, I guess, technically, you know, America first or on the right or a Trump or whatever. They sometimes. And again, I'm speaking for myself. It's like you look at someone that's on the left and it's like, bro. I know you're not down with all the stuff that the left is pushing, but do you at least acknowledge and recognize that like a lot of this weird stuff that's going on is being embraced and pushed and accepted by one particular political party who's, who's just, I guess, doing their best to have like this Maoist red color guard, like struggle sessions. Um, You know, these like rich Marxist little commie kids that just want, white people with money to suffer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, and it's just wild to me, but I mean, 
on the flip side, again, like it, it one side is causing all the problems. And on the other side, like we're not getting solutions from people. We're getting the argument between Steven Crowder and Daily Wire over mm -hmm. a $50 million contract. <laughs> we're, we're realizing that people are just in it to make money. And it's, it's a really, it's a scary place to be, but also like, again, like one, maybe one of the reasons that I'm not working, I know one of the reasons that I haven't worked with some of these companies is that I want to fall asleep at night. And I, and I, I you know, I, I realize what, and, and again, I'm, I'm still a nobody in the big scheme of things. I have whatever followers or whatever, but like, I don't want somebody to be a bad actor because of what I've said. I want somebody to be a better actor because of what I said. Like I, I had somebody yesterday call me up and ask me about advice about like doing, starting a podcast, an older lady who's like 60. She's like, I want to start a podcast. Like I want to, and she's, uh, I think she's, is she Cuban? I don't know. She's in Florida anyway, but she called me up and she's like, you inspired me to do this. Like, can you help me out with it? I'm like, hell yeah, I'll help you out with that. Are you kidding me? Like, I want more people like, Again, I'm I I always when I host radio and I talk to people like I'm no different than anybody else. I might be a little bit funnier or whatever, whatever. I have an ego, uh, but like ultimately, just because I have a camera set up and this is what I do for a living, I'm no different than anybody else. You know, it's just my job, and I think everybody needs to realize that. And politicians like to elevate themselves above things, and these like quote unquote influencers like to elevate themselves above and make it seem like they're something special. They aren't. They aren't. They're just doing their job. And I think the more that people realize that they're no different and they they shouldn't be looked up to, maybe listened to, but not looked up to because they're just as fallible as everybody else. Like, I think that's when you empower people. And uh, that's kind of where I want to be, like kind of getting other people involved and getting people started doing stuff. So I think you're reaching a ton of people. Uh, your your tweets are like jokes, bro. They're like so witty and well-written and concise and just kind of gets to the heart of the matter of what you know what this country's going through man like i never thought i'd be having discussions with like my wife or you know family or something like hey if stuff gets real bad well, where are we gonna go you know because it's like uh, the country is like literally just being derailed and th this sounds so weird to people that have followed me for like 15 years or however long because they're just used to me being like a silly dude doing some like shit with wigs or parodies or rapping or you know just a bunch of random some some things some ignorant things but to hear me be like uh are we gonna have to be immigrants like america is uh -huh. just not on the right track bro and you know some people don't have a lot of confidence and faith in these uh the way our uh, selections are set up you know what i mean yeah i i don't know what all platforms you're on with this so we're gonna keep it real yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. i don't, I don't yeah, yeah, have yeah. it anymore some people yeah I know, I right? Think, the here's the, the thing. algorithm. Uh, I don't think anything illegal happened. I think they, certain areas, Democrats changed the laws and had the plan the whole time. Yeah, and you had so, the, yeah you had Mark Elias uh, changing some stuff, and you know, and now Trump's saying like, "Hey, we need a ballot harvest." <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. By the way, that's when I realized that like something was moving with my stuff. Like I had been called in, and um, I've written policy, and I've broken down policy for almost every major uh, agency in government. Um, so like, uh, department of health was an early one, um, department of justice, all that kind of stuff. I've done some really wild stuff, but like the first time I realized that like my stuff was going somewhere, I made fun of Trump or somebody from the Trump administration, um, at my daily caller show. And I got a phone call and they were like, dude, why'd you do that? I'm like, well, you suck today. And, and then we had this conversation and, and I, the person, I'm still good friends with this person, but like, that was the first time I was like, oh, 
think we're on to something here. But what's very interesting to me, honestly, and, and this is why you can, uh, where you can see that there's manipulation stuff. You know, I'm obviously like a, I'm obviously a right wing guy. Um, you would think a company would, uh, a major company, and I've talked with NBC before um, and ABC a little bit, but like you would think a major company would invest in somebody like me just because you're leaving half of the country out there and there's so much money out there to be. Like when you hear that Daily Wire is offering uh, uh, Steven Crowder $50 million for four years, like th- there's so much money out there for this stuff. And there's such an audience out there and, and they're not even thinking about it. Like same with like films and stuff. Why are they going ultra woke? Like why now, you know, Marvel sucks because everything is some sort of like lecture, but you could literally just reach out even like casually reach out to you. see like crazy Kanye. He'll say something sort of conservative. Everybody's like, Oh my God, Kanye is amazing. It's like, uh, uh, he's nuts. But, uh, but like how quick people like go buy his shit. You know, like the one year, I don't know how much you paid attention to Kanye, but like the, he like produced the Pornhub awards and made like their dildo awards when he gave them out a couple years ago. What? And very, yes. And the very next year he did that Sunday service album. All right. And he's doing conservative stuff. I'm like, are you guys not paying attention? Did anybody ever like, like he literally produced and created the Pornhub awards and the awards and the awards themselves. Like he designed it cause he's an artist. And the next year, he's like banging the conservative drum and doing Sunday service. I'm like, guys, yo, wake up! Like, who? Stop elevating crazy people. I had no, I had no idea he was he was up in there sculpting, sculpting stuff. Yeah, dude. I mean, like that. That's the thing, right? Like, so like, and and conservatives are so thirsty for something. Like somebody the other day, and this is like again, my show is going to be good, right? My stand up show is going to be good. Like the other day, somebody's like, are you worried? Are you like nervous? I'm like, no, because there's literally no other conservative product out there doing stand-up right now. I could suck and still do well on this thing. I won't, but like, that's how bad it is. That's how empty and dry the market is right now. And like, you see like occasionally a, a, le- a super lefty comic, I'll make like a, a right-wing joke or say something about whatever, and it'll go nuts. But otherwise, like, I mean, like, look at Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is a libertarian at best, more like populist kind of lefty dem. But because he talks like a normal human, he's the biggest talk show host in the world right now because he just he's just a curious guy who's informed and wants to learn from his guests. That's it. And he's the biggest thing ever for just being normal, really. It's and crazy. He survived uh, CNN's fake news with a. They like who you see taking horse goo that he got from a veterinarian, you know, and then they made him Hitler of the month when uh, they compiled a bunch of N-word stuff and nobody, it's- nobody bothered to check context. Like, I know, like I, I give Latinos a hard time. Like I say, dude, we're going to be the last ones to figure out the concept of context. And I was like, we're the most gullible and hard headed at the same time. Have you met white people? Uh, I know a few. (laughs) I grew up, dude. I grew up like we were like hood slash trailer park. There was a trailer park down the street. Like we were like, I was the weird, like I grew up in the poorest. See, that's the thing. Like we aren't divided in this country by race. We're divided by socioeconomics because people who are living together that are all poor are, I never saw anything different. We never saw anything different between each other when we were growing up poor. We just knew we were poor. And even then we really didn't know we were poor until we were like teenagers and like, oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is bad. We're we're actually going to the church pantry for food, aren't we? Yeah. Um. But like that again, like this division is done for politics. It's because of the, uh, you know, I think it's clickbait is out of control. 
and it went from the internet to like opening opening uh, emails to like tuning into things like everything's the worst in the news and now they're actually making everything the actual worst in the world um so that people can contain get the technically it's clickbait to destroy everything because you need to turn to somebody and turn to the government to uh to fix it right the problems that they caused hey so, so rem remind everybody uh when does the special drop uh may 13th i just got all the the stuff today it's crazy so it's going to be a rumble uh it's going to be a rumble special event uh third ever uh comedy special and i promise i'll say something funny there instead of what we talked about today uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no it's uh we so we tape it uh tape it this saturday in garland and uh and then we it's gonna be live on rumble may 13th it's gonna be wild and then we're gonna do a, a q a afterwards and hang out with everybody oh man march 13th on rumble 10. May, yeah i'm sorry may dude that's like you, right, right no, around man, the corner you and i are like the I'm same age i'm 22 we do the same thing dude we're, we're just may, may 13th may 13th on rumble tim runs his mouth yeah. dude i can't wait to watch it we're everybody from the tia the tia that the Mount intelligence agency are, are gonna be ready man on rumble to support and spread the word may 13th tim runs his mouth hey man i appreciate your time brother and um hopefully we can like meet up and do some yeah stand -up. Here's the thing. And everybody should go to Rumble now. Tim runs his mouth. Go follow me there. That's my channel. Uh, and we've been doing the podcast there. But uh, we're going to start having guests on the podcast. I obviously want you on. And look, I want to come out. I, I literally offered before and then my schedule didn't work out. I'm going to come out one uh, one weekend where you are somewhere and just guest for free for you and just do a couple minutes and uh, talk about how great you are to everybody. I'll sell your merchandise in the parking lot. You know? <laughs> Perfect, man. Yeah, I'll hit you up when I'm in Arlington, Addison or something like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you, brother. I appreciate your time, man. May 13th, Tim runs his mouth on Rumble. Thanks, Thanks for having brother. me. Thank you, brother. I'm about to uh, shout out some of our sponsors, man. So Do it. Get, yeah, uh, you, you, you could probably hang up if you want. Okay. All and right. I, yeah. Well, thank you, sir. And uh, like I said, we're going to start getting the uh, guests together. We've been just kind of like playing around with the channel now. Um, but as soon as we do that, we're going to be doing longer form stuff like you do. So awesome. everybody get on Rumble and subscribe and hit that notification bell right now. Yep. Tim runs uh, his mouth. See you guys. Peace. Thank you so much, Tim. Bye. Uh, shout out to Mary's Creek Cattle Company, man. Mary's Creek Cattle Company. Their inventory is almost ready. Um there's a limited finite amount of steers and beef and cattle that they have. So if you're trying to reserve your carne, reserve your beef, hit them up on the website, mc3tx.com. The letter M, the letter C, the number 3tx.com. You just need a $400 deposit, man. Reserve your half calf, your steer. Once it gets processed, this is how I did it, dude. When my half calf was ready, I still got a ton left over in the freezer. Like I need to start that and start crossing this stuff. But like when my half calf was ready, uh, we met up at I guess it was like a farmer market in Pearland, and they loaded me up with these boxes of beautiful, gorgeous frozen uh, steaks, man. Steak, beef, todo carnal, uh, the head, the lengua, el corazón, whatever you need, whatever you want. You select your choice cuts, and uh, it's so delicious. You're so better that you're giving your family something that was, you know, grass-fed here in Texas, grass-finished. Um, 
Dude, these cows live better than us. I'm just going to let y'all know, man. These cows don't be in traffic. They don't be seeing graffiti, prostitution, and drug deals going down. They're out there in Victoria, Texas, getting beautiful sunshine, the breeze, the wind. They're happy. And uh, reserve yours now, mc3tx.com. Tell them Chingo sent you. That's, thank you guys so much. Peace. See you later. Oh, yeah. I'm headed to Sacramento. I'm headed to Sacramento uh, tonight. All right. This episode goes up Wednesday and I'll be performing in Sacramento at the punchline tonight, Wednesday, San Jose Improv tomorrow on 420 Brownsville this Friday on 421 Alamo, Texas, this Saturday on 422. Get your tickets now. Chingobling.com. Peace. That's